Good morning again. Good to be with you all in worship today. We are, as I mentioned earlier, studying through the fruit of the Spirit. And so today we come to the, the next to last, the penultimate uh, fruit of the Spirit, gentleness. Uh, by the way, if you don't know what the word penultimate means, sometimes I, I use words and then they come out of my mouth and, and I think, uh, does anybody really talk like that, Michael? But uh, that means next to last is what that means. Uh, the next to last uh, of the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. So as we, as we dig in today, we're going to focus on, examine the, the fruit of gentleness. In Galatians 5 verse 22, we read that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all of which we've studied so far this summer. And now gentleness, and then next week, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So we're to study the, the fruit of gentleness. What does it mean for us to be gentle? So I want you to think about that word for a minute, okay? Because I, 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 intentionally, I want you to to come up with some kind of a, a, a picture in your mind when I give the word gentle, okay? Or we say gentleness. And I want you to think about specifically what comes to mind. Because probably what comes to mind is something that's fluffy and soft, right? When we think of something that's gentle. Maybe you think of a favorite blanket. Maybe you think of a soft bed. Maybe you think of white fluffy clouds in the sky. I, I don't know what you, you think of, uh, but, but it's probably something soft, something fluffy, something comfortable. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to blow that image out of the water, so to speak. So in order to blow that image of gentleness out of the water, I want you to picture gentleness. And for a moment, go with me on this, okay? I want you to picture a battleship. I want you to picture a battleship in your mind. So whatever, whatever you think of when you think of a battleship floating upon the water. Because in that battleship, what you have is all of the power, all of the might, all of the armament, all of the weaponry, all of, all of, that, all of that, that, that strength contained in a moment. But there are so many ways in which a battleship can be just another boat on the water, right? It's just, it's, it's trolling about on the ocean. It's going about its business. It's not until they set to make that battleship uh, a weapon of war. It's not until, it's not until the moment calls for the, the sailors aboard that ship to spring into action that it becomes truly the menacing, powerful, presence on the seas that it can be. And so in so many ways, that, that boat, as it's just afloat on the ocean, is a picture of power that is restrained, might that is under control. And that's what I want us to think of gentleness as today. That gentleness, yes, it would be appropriate for us to think of something that's soft, something that's comfortable, because that is how we use the word gentle. But the way that the Bible speaks of gentleness, and particularly the way that the Bible speaks of gentleness as a fruit of the Spirit, is not calling us to be soft and fluffy and weak, but rather that we would take the full power of God that is available to us, but that we would wield it in a way that is under the control of, under the lordship of the Holy Spirit. 
So it's power with control, power with restraint. That's the picture of gentleness, the way that it speaks of gentleness, particularly here and throughout the New Testament when it refers to gentleness. The, the picture that I, so to, to, to use another picture, I want you to picture Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus Christ crucified and hanging on the cross. And in that moment, the fullness of God dwell within him. He was both fully God and fully man. In that moment, with but a word, Jesus could have conquered all of his oppressors. He could have simply stepped off the cross. He could have spoken a word. He could have defeated his enemies once and for all for good. With but a word, he could have called the host of heaven to his aid. And yet, his power was restrained. His power was controlled. His power was yielded in a way to accomplish his ultimate purpose. And that's the gentleness that the Bible speaks of when we're called to be gentle. It's not, it's not weakness, but rather another word that's used often in the New Testament is the word meekness. Meek and weak are not the same thing. Meekness means something that is restrained, something that is intentionally uh, kept at bay or controlled. And that's the picture of gentleness that we're to have when we, when we think of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, in Ephesians chapter 1, we learn that the same power, this is in Ephesians 1 verses 19 and 20. I'm not going to quote it exactly, but you can look to, to reference me, to check me on this. In Ephesians 1 verses 19 and 20, we read that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now alive in us. It's available to us as followers of Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, that same Holy Spirit that had the power to raise Jesus from the dead is in us. And yet, the purpose of that same Holy Spirit is to bring about Christ-likeness in us, to discipline us for the purpose of godliness, to, to, yield, to, to mold and shape us, rather, so that we would be yielded to the work of Christ in our hearts, so that we would become more and more like Jesus. That's what we studied this morning. If you were a part of our, our Sunday school classes that are studying through the, the Holy Spirit, we looked at a passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 2, where we see this this ultimate example of Jesus and his humility and his willingness to humble himself in order to accomplish God's greater purpose through him. And that's the gentleness that we're called to live with as followers of Christ. And so I want us to look together in 1 Peter chapter 3 because there's in, in this passage of scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, this word gentleness is used and I would imagine that you've heard this scripture before, and you've probably considered this scripture, and, and maybe you've done Bible study on this scripture, but I wonder if you've ever really keyed in on the word gentleness as it relates to the instruction that's given to us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And I want to examine that as, as we're understanding together what it means for us to pursue the fruit of gentleness as a product of the Holy Spirit at work in us. So let's read together. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. We read, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. And so we're to, as it says here, 
in our hearts, honor Christ the Lord. We're to be ready at any moment to give a defense for the hope that we have. And we're to do this with gentleness and respect. It's the product of the Holy Spirit. What we've seen again and again this summer as we've studied each of the, 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 the individual fruit in the list of the Holy Spirit is that this is what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. It's the fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing in us as we walk in obedience. And so to have a, a more gentle spirit means that we would draw near to Christ, that we would, that we would live in humble obedience and submission to him that we would live that we would live in such a way that we identify the areas of sin in our life and and, and we confess those sins we draw near to him out of a clear conscience we seek to honor him in what we do and as we draw near Jesus and the spirit works in us he will produce that fruit of gentleness just as he does love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness that he will produce gentleness in us But I want us to understand that the reason that we're called to be gentle is because we're called to to imitate Christ. We're called to demonstrate the character of Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit at work in us that that is producing that character of Christ in us. And so we need to understand that first and foremost... When we, when we live with gentleness, when we have the, produce the fruit of gentleness, we honor Christ as Lord because we follow his example. Gentleness honors Christ by following his example. Consider the, the first phrase that we see in 1 Peter 3.15. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Let's just consider that sort of word by word. In your hearts, okay, we, we understand. That means that we're, this is to be something that is internal. This is something that is inward. This is something that, that takes place inside of us first. That this happens in our hearts. That we're to honor Christ the Lord as holy. So to honor means to to. Uh, give reverence to, right? When we honor something, we, we consider it in its proper place. We give it its due. We, we, we recognize it for what it truly is. So we recognize Jesus for who he is. We honor Christ for who he is in our hearts by considering him the Lord as holy. The lordship, of course, means that he has authority And we submit to that authority. And holy, the word holy, is the word meaning set apart. So let's put all that together. In our hearts, we are to submit to the lordship of Christ, understanding that he is set apart. He is different. He's not of us, not of this world, not like this world. He's something different. And we're to honor him by giving him his due, recognizing his authority, submitting ourselves to that authority and seeking to live that example. Gentleness honors Christ by following his example. I want you to consider for a moment what Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 11. This, this, these verses will be on the screen for you to see. But in Matthew chapter 11 in verse 29 and 30, Jesus says to his disciples, take my yoke upon you 
and learn from me. And then listen to these words that Jesus says. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus who himself was God in the flesh, the fullness of God dwell in him. All the power that created this universe with a word, all the power to do anything and everything he pleases, the fullness of God in human form, Jesus. And what does he say? Take my yoke upon you because I am gentle. Well, if if Jesus himself would say, I am gentle, if Jesus himself would refer to himself as being gentle, then certainly you and I are not above gentleness. Certainly we ought to consider what it means to follow his example. And that's, that's the point, both of what Jesus says in this passage and in what Peter is calling us to in 1 Peter 3.15. See, in the, in the day that Jesus lived, a rabbi would have a particular teaching Rabbis would have a a way that they taught. And the way that the rabbi taught, the rabbi's particular teaching was referred to as that rabbi's yoke. Now, we know that a a yoke refers to to, uh, an instrument that is used to to team animals together for agricultural purposes, right? But that's not specifically what Jesus is talking here. He's not saying literally, you need to wear this, this uh, the, physically, wear this yoke and be teamed up with others. He's referring to his teaching. He's referring to his way that he's calling us to live by, to walk in. And what he's saying is that we should follow his example. We should, we should submit ourselves to his teaching and the authority of his teaching. And then he says, because I am gentle and lowly in spirit. And he goes on to say that my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Meaning that we can do this. We can accomplish this when we walk by faith in the strength and the power that he gives. How do we have that power? Through his Holy Spirit that dwells in us by faith. And so we honor Christ. We give him his due. We submit ourselves to him when we seek to follow his example. If Jesus was gentle, then we ought to walk in gentleness. Again, in order for us to do that, we have to understand what gentleness means. It's not weakness, but it's power that is, that is restrained for a purpose. Power under control. That it might be used, that it might be wielded for a purpose. And that's what Jesus is calling us to. That we would submit all that we have to him. What is more, that through the work of his Holy Spirit, we might be submitted to him. So that his power in us might accomplish his holy purpose, both in and through us. Gentleness honors Christ by following his example. The second thing we see in this text in 1 Peter 3.15 is that gentleness opens the door for gospel proclamation. When we live this way, when we submit ourselves to Christ and honor him and 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 bring all that we have into the submission of his authority, it opens the door for us to proclaim Christ. Again and again, the New Testament calls us to to proclaim Jesus, 
to share Christ. This past Wednesday night, if you were here, we studied a text in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And in that text in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, we saw that we're to proclaim Christ. And again and again and again, we, we find this instruction that we're, to, that we're to proclaim Jesus. The passage that we studied this morning in our Sunday school groups in Philippians chapter 2 speaks of a day that's coming. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9, 10, and 11, it speaks so that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue confess, both in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What, that's a gospel proclamation. And what Paul's writing to the Philippians is there's a coming a day when everyone will submit to the authority of Christ. But as followers of Jesus, we're called to submit to that authority today. And when we walk in gentleness and we submit ourselves to that authority, it opens the door for us to share Christ with people. There's something to be said for apologetics. Apologetics is the discipline of of, uh, giving a defense of the gospel. And, And so apologetics is not strictly speaking, just a Christian thing. Uh, apologetics is more, it's something that, that exists in the world of, of, of philosophy or, or logic and, and reason, but an apologetic is an argument because the word apology comes from a Greek word meaning an argument for or a defense of. And so, an apologetic or the apologetics is the defense of the gospel. There's something to be said for the defense of the gospel and understanding why we believe what we believe and, and grounding our faith and our belief and our understanding in sound principles of logic and reasoning. And that's all well and good. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the way any of us come to Christ is through faith and not by reason. No one comes to Jesus and, and says, uh, well, you know, I've, I, I do this because it's, it's purely a matter of reason. There, we can only come to him by faith, submitting ourselves to his lordship. And as we submit ourselves to his lordship, and as we surrender ourselves to him, now we are, we are called to give a defense of that hope that we have. And that defense that we give, that, that uh, apologetic that we're to be prepared for, comes through gentleness. Do you see that in 1 Peter 3.15? Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone ask for the reason, the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. When we live this way, when we have gentleness and respect, when we, when we understand that although we want to do our very best to present the gospel in a way that is clear, and that is articulate, in a way that could be understood, in a way that is winsome, at the end of the day, we don't compromise on the truth because we're not called to save anyone, we're called to give a defense for the hope that we have. At the end of the day, it's not your job to save someone. It's not your job, let me take it a step further, it's not your job to convince anyone ultimately of their sin. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Our job is with a gentle and a humble spirit to give a defense. Now, we don't compromise the truth. Again, gentleness does not mean weakness. So we don't compromise the truth, and yet we do give that defense in a way that is humble 
in a way that is gentle, in a way that is intended to win the audience with the gospel of Jesus. So in our hearts, we're to honor Christ as Lord. We're always to be prepared, always to be ready, ready at a moment's notice, so to speak, to make a defense for the reason or the hope that is in you. But I wonder, in order to do that, you have to know that that hope is in you. You have to, you have to know for certain that you have trusted Jesus by faith that you have been transformed through faith in Jesus Christ, that you have received his Holy Spirit, the only way to do this is to be yielded to Christ, to be submitted to him. Do you know for certain that you've surrendered your heart to Jesus? Has there been a time in your life when by faith you have turned from your sin and turned to Jesus as Savior? You've surrendered your life to him and you said, Lord, would you send your Holy Spirit to come and dwell inside of me? By faith, I submit my life to you. If that's happened, now you're called to be ready. To be ready at any moment. To give a defense for the hope that is in you through faith in Jesus. And to do it with gentleness and respect. Along the way, over the years, I've seen a lot of people who try to present Christ in a way that uh, is heavy-handed. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you've witnessed something like this. I've known a lot of people over time who try to, who try, in their heart, what they want is the right thing. In their heart, what they want is a good thing. They want to see people move from death to life. They want to see people trust in Christ, and yet the way that they go about it is so far from being gentle and respectful. And the, the way that they go about it might be heavy-handed. It might be arrogant. It might be, it, you know, it, 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 it's as if they have convinced themselves that somehow they are better than, more enlightened than, above everybody else that doesn't believe in Jesus. And their, their goal is to convince all of, the, all of the other unsanctified, unholy losers of what it means to win in Jesus, that sort of thing, right? And that's so far from the heart of what the scripture teaches. We're to be humble. We're to be gentle. We're to be, we're, we're to be respectful of others. Not weak, but meek. Jesus himself said, I am gentle, I am lowly. That's the example that we're to follow, that we're to always be ready to give a defense, always be ready to stand for truth, always be ready to share Christ. But we're to do it in a way that is gentle and respectful. So gentleness opens the door for gospel proclamation. When we live like Jesus, we are aligning ourselves with his will. We are aligning ourselves with his purpose. The the opportunities will come if we will seek to honor him and follow his example. And third and finally, we see in this text that gentleness bears witness to the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. When we are gentle, as Jesus is gentle. When we are gentle because Jesus is gentle and he calls us to be gentle, when we walk in the way of Christ, we bear witness to the the transforming, saving power of Jesus. When we willingly submit ourselves to his lordship and his authority by following his example, 
And what we're saying to the world around us is, Jesus gets first place in my heart. Jesus gets first place in my life. Jesus is my example. He is my all. Everything that I do, everything that I am, my, my life, my being is submitted to Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. Listen to the way that Paul describes this in Ephesians chapter 4. Again, you'll see these words on the screen. Paul writes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Paul himself describes himself as a prisoner for the Lord. Now, he literally was a prisoner, even as he wrote these words to the church in Ephesus, the Ephesians. He he was a prisoner. He was imprisoned. But what he's saying is that I understand that my imprisonment is a part of God's plan. I'm a prisoner for the Lord. I'm not here because I, I don't have any choices. I'm here because this is God's purpose for my life. I'm here because God is using my chains to advance the gospel. God is using my imprisonment to serve his greater purpose. That's gentleness. That's a gentle spirit that recognizes that my life is in Christ's hands. And I will submit myself to his purpose. I will submit myself to his direction. I will follow as he leads knowing that my life is for the Lord. My my witness, if you will, is the hope of salvation that I have. But he goes on to write this in verse 2. I'm going to catch the last phrase of verse 1 again just for the sake of context. He says, so he says, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility, and then this word, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So Paul writes, we're to walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling that we've been given in Christ. And he says to do this with humility and gentleness, patience, love. So much of the time when we think of Jesus, we, we recognize, yes, we're called to love others the way Christ. We even understand that we're called to be patient. I mean, that something in, our, something in our being, something inside of us clicks that we resonate with the idea, yes, I'm not patient, but I should be because Jesus was patient with me. But I think often we, we'd simply just read right over the word gentleness as if it's not even there. Maybe it's, maybe it's in the, 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 the culture itself, right? Maybe it's a, 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 an American thing. You know, we, we sort of idealize the embodiment, the spirit of John Wayne, right? I mean, this is, we're, we're a, a nation of people who are rough and tough and, and fearsome and courageous and bold and individual and, and, and we want to be strong. And I, I understand that. But the scripture calls us to be people who are gentle, Because the one who called us, the one who saved us is gentle. And again, don't picture white, fluffy, billowy clouds. Picture the battleship, right? All that power that is serving a greater purpose. Power brought under the the control of God's purpose, his, his design for our lives. And what 1 Peter 3.15 tells us is that when we live this way, 
we bear witness to the hope of salvation that we have in Jesus. Honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that is in you. So we should be ready to proclaim the gospel to anyone who might ask. And what is it that we're proclaiming? We're proclaiming the reason for the hope that we have. How is it that we can live this way? Because Jesus lived this way. How is it that I can be gentle? Because I've done what Jesus has told me to do. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle and lowly. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. You see, if it was left to us, we would, we would struggle when we try to do this in our own strength, in our own power, by our own will. We struggle. But when we're walking in submission to the authority of Christ, when we are living in the strength of His Holy Spirit, He will produce gentleness in us. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. To be more like Jesus is to be more gentle. To be more like Jesus is to submit my power, my strength, my ability, my thoughts, my ways, my reason, my ideas to his lordship, to his control, to his purpose for my life. We're called to be gentle because Jesus is gentle. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 tells us that we're to be gentle. James chapter 3 verse 17 calls us to be gentle. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1. Again and again and again. The New Testament points us to live in gentleness, to, 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 to be gentle because Jesus was gentle and we're following his example. We're walking and living in the example of Christ. Today, may we be people who honor Christ by following his example, who are always ready, constantly at the ready, constantly prepared to give a defense to anyone who would ask. And what is the defense? To bear witness to the hope that we have of the salvation that is ours through faith in Jesus. And may we do this with gentleness, with gentleness. In a moment, we're going to move into a time of invitation, a time of response. This morning, in our time of invitation, if God is speaking to you and he's calling you out of your sin, calling you to faith in Jesus, then I wanna encourage you that you would come and, and even as David and the rest of our, our, our musicians lead us in this, this song, have thine own way, Lord. And even as we sing, Lord, have your way in me. If you're ready today to surrender your life to Jesus, I'll be standing here at the front. I would love to visit with you to lead you, to turn from your sin and turn to Jesus as Savior. You might surrender your life to him, that you might turn to him as Savior and Lord. See, you can't, you can't be ready to make a defense for the hope that you have until you find that hope. And today, if you're ready to submit your life to Jesus, then we would invite you to come to yield your life to him. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you've taken that step. And what the Lord is calling you to today is to follow his example through walking in gentleness as Jesus was gentle, by taking his yoke upon you, by following his example, by honoring Christ the Lord as holy, by being ready to give 
a defense to anyone who would ask of the hope that is in you through salvation in Jesus and to do it with gentleness and respect. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. And as we prepare for this moment of response, I'm going to lead us in prayer. And after I pray, we'll stand together and sing this song. And as we sing, if God is calling you to salvation in Jesus today, then I'll be here at the front ready to pray with you. Or perhaps if the Lord is stirring your heart and you need to respond in obedience to him today, then I challenge you that you would submit yourself to him even as we, as we sing and as we pray. Lord God, we are grateful that you have saved us from our sin, that you have transformed us through faith in your son Jesus. And now as we seek to honor you as holy, as we seek to stand ready to give a defense for the hope that we have in you, Jesus, have your way in our hearts. Make us more like you. Make us gentle. Holy Spirit, work in us to produce gentleness that we might, that we might follow the example that you've given us to walk in humility, to honor you as Lord. So move in us now, we pray. In Jesus' name. As we stand together to sing this song, have thine own way. If God's stirring your heart, you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus today, why don't you come as we sing? I'll be here at the front. If God's moving in some other way, I challenge you that you would respond in obedience to him this morning as we sing.
Amen. I love that song. I told David when he got here this morning and we were kind of setting everything up and I said, I'm so glad we're singing this song today because uh, it's just not one we sing that much for whatever reason. It's not an intentional thing. It just kind of flies under the radar a bit, I suppose. But I love that. Have your way in me, Lord. May that truly be the the posture of our hearts today. To say, God, have your way in me. Make me more like you, Jesus, so that my life and my example might point others to Christ. May we honor Christ as Lord. May we always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in us, our salvation in Jesus, and to do it with gentleness and respect. Amen? Be seated. As you're seated this morning, I want to draw your attention one more time to the guest registration cards that I pointed out earlier in the service today. If you are a guest, a newcomer worshiping with us today, we would encourage you to fill that out again. Drop that in the offering plate in a moment when the offering plate passes by that we would be able to uh, help get you connected with our church in some way. You see there's some boxes here at the bottom you can check if you're looking for ways to get plugged in in the life, the ministry of our church. And we want to help you take those next steps, all right? I'll ask their men to take their place for our offering this morning. As they get situated around the room, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, praying over this offering that God would use it to help us reach people with the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Would you pray with me? God, use these offerings, use these gifts that we might reach people with the gospel. Lord, we understand that everything we have is from you. You're the giver of every good and, per- and, and perfect gift. Lord, you're the giver of every good thing in our lives. Now, may we honor you as Lord by putting you first and using everything that you've given to us for your kingdom and your purpose. And so, Lord, work through these offerings, work through the ministry, the resources of this church to reach people for Christ. We ask in your name. Amen.